Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And for those of you who are coming to us on Monday, happy Easter. He is risen indeed. If you missed our Resurrection Sunday episode yesterday with Jenny Allen, I invite you to listen to the reading of the resurrection story and the beautiful words that Jenny had to say about that. It was a bonus episode that we kind of recorded on the fly, but we hope you really enjoyed that. Today, we are starting a new study. It's just a two-week series called The Armor of God, and we're just looking at 11 verses in Ephesians chapter 6. Y'all, we are joined today by Dr. Heather Thompson Day. You might remember her from a previous episode. She is incredible. She is a communication professor. She is a contributor for Christianity Today, Newsweek. This girl is so smart. She loves the Lord and His Word. And y'all, she was kind of the perfect guest for Mm -hmm. this episode. We learned so much. You're going to want to listen to the entire episode because you're going to want to do laps at the end. She has so many good things to teach us. Amanda and I learned so much. So much. So much. Let's get right to it. Dr. Heather Thompson Day, welcome back. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Uh, We're so happy to have you. I am excited, especially now that this will be our second time to have you on the podcast. And you were with us for ACTS last year, and it was just so good. Mm. And we loved talking with you so much. So we've been pumped about this. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're good friends now. So all the awkward stuff is out of the way. Exactly. We go way back. (laughs) All the way to 2021. (laughs) Um, I love it. You know, something that we have recently learned about you is that you are on your 12th read-through of the Bible. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I love that. Do you read through canonically or chronologically? How do you prefer, when you do your read-throughs, the first 11 times, how do you do that? Yeah, Yeah, so I I start in Genesis and I end in Revelation, and I do five chapters a day. So that Mm -hmm. is, I try to be... That's so when I go through First Chronicles or Leviticus, mm-hmm. I don't stop, right? Because if I do five chapters a day, you're done in about a week. Yeah. And so even books that you're like, oh, lots of people start reading the Bible and they stop when they get to those books. If I do five chapters a day, yeah. a week later and I'm on to greener pastures and I still got the <laughs> read in. So. And yeah. I think it's important because each thing builds upon the next thing, you know? Right. Right. So do you read, like, is there a certain time of day? Like, what's your spot? What's your time? Oh, so I get up. This is going to make people think that I'm super legalistic or strict, and I promise I'm not. I have just found as a mom <laughs> I think you're what disciplined. works for me. Yeah. I'm disciplined. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. I have three children. So um, I get up at 5 a.m., and my worship time is always at 5 a.m. I won't touch my phone until I've spent time with God, and that's the rule I created for myself because I always found time to check my Twitter and my Instagram, mm-hmm, but I was mm-hmm. missing my time in worship. I'm like, it just didn't happen today. I don't know what happened. But once I started saying, you cannot, Heather, get on Twitter Mm -hmm. or Instagram until you've spent time with the Lord. I never missed again. And now, thank the Lord, it's something that I actually crave. Like this morning, I woke up before my alarm because I was like, I just really need it. Yeah. 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 Man, I mean, it's like you're putting on the armor of God every morning. Like that's what you're clothing yourself in. It's like that. I love it. Yeah. I appreciate that segue, (laughs) Rachel Myers. Um, And that's that's our study. That's what we're – this is a a short two-week – series that we're doing on the armor of God, which is a passage in Ephesians that tells us, calls believers to put on the full armor of God. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of language surrounding that. And we are going to do a deep dive Mm -hmm. of these 11 verses and find out like, what is the armor of God? What does that mean? And why? Why is this important? So we're excited to have that conversation with you. I actually, so I read Ephesians this morning. Um, All of Ephesians. All of Ephesians. Well, here's, actually, it brings me to a question for Heather, because Mm -hmm. I listened to um, Ephesians this morning, which technically to me is reading. I know that this is like a heated debate among book readers. Like, did you read the book or did you uh, like audible it? Be honest. Um, Which is where I was like, oh, I want to know, like, Heather, are you reading, reading, or are you listening? So I read. With the Bible, I read, read it. However, can I say... I remember being very self-righteous and very judgmental and having this conversation with my dad one day where I said, 
any, any, well, it's actually a J.I. Packer quote. He says, any Christian worth his salt will read the Bible cover to cover every year. And I said this to my dad and my dad goes, huh, is God only saving readers? And I had this moment for myself where I just said, why do I keep putting this burden on women who have all, you know, struggling with depression, all this other stuff. So now when I speak, I always say, or listen, if that's what you can do because you're in the throes of whatever, then just play it. And I don't, I think God blesses us just the same. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad to words. hear that as I report to you that I yeah. <laughs> listened uh, on my commute this morning. I got in the car, hit Ephesians. It's a 20-minute listen, um, which is a 20-minute commute. So it was perfect. And I was just like wanted to frame this. I mean, the armor of God is situated, really, they're about, it's at the very end of the book of Ephesians. Yeah. There are about mm-hmm. four verses that follow it that are kind of like concluding notes, but it's really the end. It's mm-hmm. like... Um, and so I wanted to know, like, well, mm-hmm. what's the rest of the letter? Because, like, if you can accomplish, if you can know that in 20 minutes, whether you're reading it or listening to it, well, let's find out. And yeah. it was interesting to hear Paul, that big picture of the book of Ephesians. He uses so much physical language through the whole book to describe spiritual things. Like, he's calling us, you know, like, you were once darkness, but now you're in light. Mm-hmm. He's saying, walk as children of light. He's talking about the body of, like, us as the body, like, the head and the feet. And then he's even, like, talking about us as the building, like, mm-hmm. the temple of mm-hmm. God. Like, there's so many physical things. And so at the end, he's like, all right, body, this is actually not about physical. This is about spiritual. All yeah. of this that I've been talking about is about spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, the context of the letter uh, as a whole, you know, Paul wrote this to believers in Ephesus. Ephesus was a wealthy port city, probably the largest city in the world at the time. And and so as Which I such, looked up, it's in Turkey. I didn't I know I should like have known day. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, modern day Turkey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and as such as as a big, you know, bustling city as it were, it was home to a lot of different religions, a lot of different cultural influences. Um and so this when you think about Paul speaking to these new believers in this big city where, you know, there's a temple to the Greek goddess Artemis and there are other like, like all of this stuff was commonplace to them, right? Yeah. For him to kind of fortify them as believers and say, put on the full armor of God because you're in a battle. Um, Yeah. And that's what this is. This passage is saying there is an ongoing battle all around us and you're in it. Yeah. But... You are not, and and <laughs> you're not alone. Yeah, the Lord in Christ, the Lord has already equipped you, and with because the armor we'll talk more about this actually belongs to God. It's God's armor yeah. that we put on. Yeah. Is it okay? Am I right that tell me I can be wrong? I'm happy to be wrong. Is this a prison epistle? It is. Yes. Okay, it is. All right. So, but not the type like not like. When he, like, not like Philippians, where he was like in chains, like, or wait, no, not Philippians. It's Timothy, where he's like waiting to be put to death. Like, that was we like a more intense type of imprisonment. And that's my understanding. My understanding is this was that the, this All type types of, of imprisonment are intense. I yeah. want to be clear about that. <laughs> that's a good clarification, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But I believe there was, this would have been like a house arrest situation where he did have some freedom. Um, but okay. I, I think that it's, it's interesting. So it isn't like Paul just looked out of his prison cell and saw a guard walking around and just used that as language to describe this. It is more that this is the way, if we look back in the Old Testament, the Lord describes himself. Yeah. In armor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so this is God's armor that we're putting on, and and sure, it was a reference point mm-hmm. to them, like they would they would be able to picture some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but he calls himself the Lord of Armies. I mean, yeah. that's one of the names that God uses to talk about Himself. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Okay, I'm on board, Heather. It's. Is interesting to you that this this passage, and we will read it. <laughs> Everybody, just hold on. <laughs> Don't we'll you worry. Is it interesting to you that this passage comes right after all the household co- household? I always have a hard time. Household codes, yeah. But where it's essentially talking about like relationships, mm-hmm. just you know everyday relationships among believers, and then so he's talking to 
everyone. He's not talking to one specific group. This letter was to men, women, and children. And so this passage for the armor of God was not written. To, what I'm saying is it was not just written to men. Oh, Right, that's right. Yeah. We could spend yeah. some time on that, but yeah, Paul is definitely <laughs> very inclusive. I know he has a bad rap as we read it today mm-hmm. in our cultural context, in his cultural context, especially regarding wisdom. Like, for example, when we say, um, Paul says that women should learn quietly, we're like, how dare he say women should learn quietly? You're talking about a culture where women were never allowed to be educated. We miss Mm -hmm. the fact that Paul says women should learn. And by the way, everybody learned quietly, right? You you sat and you listened to an instructor. So Paul is saying women should be included in learning. So that is one of the things of Paul that I really love is he's quite Mm -hmm. inclusive of women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so this this call to put on the armor of God. Yeah, it's not like, all right, gentlemen, now. (laughs) Right. Military men, suit up. It's... (laughs) I mean, there were children, there were slaves listening to this. There mm-hmm. were, it was to all believers. This mm-hmm. was yeah. to the church in Ephesus. The all y'all. This is the all y'all. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so, so powerful. Okay. I feel like it's we should. It's officially time. I feel like without further ado, we should read this. Uh, Heather, how do you feel about reading Would you do oh, the, I can do that. the 11 verses for us? <laughs> okay. Go through the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Mm. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. That's the word of the Lord. It is. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Can I ask a, a kind of a, a personal question? Heather, you seem fairly like an open book, pardon the Bible <laughs> pun. But is this is this concept of like spiritual warfare, I feel like it's something that we don't necessarily, it depends on the circle you're in and the tradition you come from, obviously, but in the traditions that I come from, we don't talk a lot about it. And And I start to like sit up a little straighter when I read things like, um, spiritual, let's see, spiritual forces in the heavens or cosmic, um, powers. cosmic powers of darkness. I did read Frank Peretti's books when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and they were very powerful to me. But you, you've read through this at least 12 times, we know. Yeah. So <laughs> what's your experience been? Yeah, for me, I think it's foundational to understand that there are so many other forces Mm -hmm. at play and that, to use Max Licato's, it's not about you, right? Like there's so much Mm -hmm. other stuff going on, which I think is a key point to keep in mind as we engage with scripture, that Mm -hmm. there's this cosmic interplay that also, and I saw you guys included Job later, which I was super excited about, because Mm -hmm. also when they talk about righteousness, he points to a single person, right? So there's these Mm. two things happening at the same time, that there's this spiritual realm, but also actually the acts of one man are important as we see in the story of Job. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good point. I love that. Yeah, it really is. And I, I love, like, I feel like the language here, like something we know about Paul, which you just kind of pointed out, a minute ago, is that his language is fairly intentional. I mean, this is the man who wrote Romans, which is essentially like a dissertation <laughs> on the gospel of Jesus. And and so when we read, 
Be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God, of God, so that you can stand. Like all of this language, I have circles and underlines and boxes yeah. around words. You know, I, I don't normally do an inductive study, but it looks a lot like that <laughs> if you look <laughs> at my page right now. And so there's a lot to unpack here, which is, by the way, what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. For this week and next week, we're going to go day by day and pull out, you know, sometimes it's a verse, sometimes it's a phrase, mm-hmm. and talk through that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's important for y'all listening, for us to frame that for you mm-hmm. now, because you may be asking, well, how can we spend two weeks reading 11 verses? And the answer is, watch this. Well, we're going to read <laughs> yeah. the 11 verses. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We're going to read the 11 verses yeah. every day yeah. for two weeks. And we're going to pull in, so we're going to take each concept. So for day one, for example, we're reading the whole passage, right. as you might expect from us. Um, but then in day two, for example, we will focus in on verse 10, the first verse, finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. And then what we'll do is we will also look to the rest of scripture mm-hmm. to go a little deeper on that particular verse and, and what that looks like and other times that scripture speaks to whatever the concept is. So we have read through the study yeah. and worked through it. Yeah. So, and it's I'm very excited for all of you because I think you're going to, I think it's going to be very rich, challenging, encouraging. It's just kind of that that perfect confluence of all of those yeah. things that you want. I um, love a good deep dive. And mm-hmm. it feels like it's um, most often for me, the armor of God passage, I read it in, on my way somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. like if that's right. Or if, for example, if I'm just like reading Ephesians, it's like, oh, there's part of it. Right. When right. you said on my way somewhere, I pictured you in the car. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah. meant like on your way somewhere in scripture. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm excited to get to dive into this. And our team was excited to get to do that. So in day one, I know y'all listening like to kind of hear those little bookmarks from us as we talk. But this is really just a setting the stage day. I mean, we're going to read from Psalm chapter 18 and also from Romans and Revelation. I loved the Revelation passage. I mean, we always love a Revelation passage, don't we? I read it yesterday and immediately texted it to my sister. I was just I, like... I thought of you and your sister did you really? when I read it. Oh, uh-huh. that's funny. Because of the dragon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, I. it's funny because... Like, Not that... To the listeners, they don't have like a thing for dragons. <laughs> it's, it reminded me of the, your church that you went to, yes, yes, the yes. stomping of yes, the dragons. Yes, the stomping of the dragons. It, it's funny because with Revelation-type passages... We kind of want to give a like, hey, spoiler alert, like this is this is the end of the story. We're telling you what's going to happen. But like, shouldn't we like I thought about that for a minute and I was like, oh, we should like that's like the business that we should be about as Christian Mm -hmm. Christians. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be like reminding you (laughs) of how it's going to end. And so that's like I wanted to send my sister that spoiler. You know, yesterday. So I don't forget. Yeah, I, I'm going to read it. Is that okay? Yeah, because I feel like when you talk about a passage of ten, then all of a sudden people are like, "Well, what did it say?" Revelation chapter twelve, verses nine through eleven says, "So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say." The salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come. Because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives to the point of death. Go do a lap. That's our victory. Truly. And this it's astonishing to me they conquered him. We in Christ, we are part of this yeah. victory. Yeah. I love that this has been included in the armor of God study, especially yeah. for day one, because we're just kind of going like, no, Paul was not just like making up something about spiritual mm-hmm. warfare or like he wasn't just getting fancy with his like literary techniques. He mm-hmm. was talking about real things that are, are at play and have been decided and I love that. I mean, what did you think about, Heather, when you read Revelation 12? Yeah, 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 where it says he was thrown to earth and his angels with him goes right back to Ephesians, right? When we're here Mm -hmm. in verse 12. Mm -hmm. 
6 verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens, right? So I think it's really healthy and helpful as Christians to remember that we actually aren't supposed to be in battle with each other. We're battling sin. And man has been corrupted by other principalities and spirits of darkness. So the enemy, it's helpful for me anyway, when somebody really hurts me or something happens and I'm like, I can't believe, it's helpful for me to say, this person is not actually your enemy. It is the dragon who's been cast here, who is prompting and inciting and creating this friction between me and my fellow man. And what I, in communication, we say we can't control the other person. So what can Mm. you control, Heather? That's right, yeah, yeah. And so it's who the passage defines, like, okay, here's who the enemy is. And then all the verbs in this passage are, you know, it's put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist. You know, stand. And then there's all that, you know, take up the shield and take the helmet. And it's is the existing armor. Like, we are not creating armor we are not fashioning (laughs) armor out of something that is within our reach like this is this is god's armor and we it has his strength and power Mm -hmm. in inherent to it and so this is this is his strength and not our own which we know is a theme in scripture right um the battle is the lord's and um use you know, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfect in your weakness. I mean, we know that that's a theme in scripture, uh, but to see that the call is to to take what is already ours and wear it. Yeah, yeah. I see that word full. And yeah. like the immediate question is, okay, is that like full as in you must wear it all? Or is it like, like this like wholeness mm-hmm. thing? You know, like is it... Is it because it's God's, it is whole? Like, which Mm -hmm. is it? Do you know? It's less about all the parts are there and more about it's like a more resounding completeness. Okay, cool, cool, Like, there's no deficiency. Like, the righteousness is complete on its own. The truth is complete. The the peace is complete. Is that... I think so. What do you think, Heather? I read it as God has provided everything you need. In order yeah, to survive amen. life on earth, God has provided all the strength for each piece of mm-hmm. your weakness. Ugh. Yeah. Say that again. Mm, I mean, that's beautiful. Yes. And which leads us immediately to day two, where yes, we're taking yes. this little, you know, like we said, we're taking those 11 verses and kind of piecing them. And you guys, you know, we say this every time, and I'm sorry that we say it every time. Please go back and read yeah. for, uh, you know, all of this. Because I'm watching us turn the page past I know. Psalm 18, <laughs> and it makes my heart and sad. Romans 13. And Romans yeah. 13. It's just so, so rich. And once you start looking for this imagery and these nods to the battle that we're in, which can I say, first of all, you, you find them, you see them all over, right? Absolutely. It's, it's like all the things that we learn about scripture when you start to see dots connect, then they start to connect everywhere, right? Can I tell you how comforting it is to me that scripture does not pretend there's no battle? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That the Lord, yes, that the Lord doesn't say, listen, it's going to be fine. It's fine. It should this. be yeah. easy. Or you've even worse to say like, you've, you've got this. <laughs> like I, I'm so grateful because all of the, this passage that we're reading and we're diving into is all based on the premise that there is a very intense battle happening all around. And that, and we're in it, by the yes. way, you're in it. <laughs> yeah, I think First John 5.19, yeah. and all the world operates under the sway as the, of the evil one. That verse to me is incredibly mm. important to understand because we go through life and we go through moments and we say, well, then God isn't with me. No, all the world operates under the sway mm. of the evil one. This is going to be very mm. difficult. I mean, th- so much so that Paul will say, I'm ready to die. I fought my race. This was really, really hard, right? So there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with us yeah. when things are very, very hard. Yeah. That, the Romans verse that, that you alluded to, Rachel, in, in the day one reading is Romans 13 and 
verse 12 says, The night is nearly over and the day is near, so let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. I love that phrase, the armor of light, mm. that like we have we have a choice. Like we can, like you're kind of saying like, this is, this is happening. It's one of those, like, if you're not going to swim against the current, you're kind of by default swimming with it. Mm. And so, you know, but we are not called to just to be, you know, carried along by the current. We're called to put on the armor of light and do battle with the darkness. And do we do that in our own strength, Rachel, which is where you were taking us. I mean, This is the thing that I think y'all are going to love about this study. It is that like, okay, we thought we were zeroing in on these 11 verses. Now we're zeroing in even more narrowly. Mm -hmm. And so for day two, we're looking at just verse 10, finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. And this is something that we're going to continue to discover as we unpack the armor of God, that we're not saying, like, don't put on your own righteousness or your own truth or your own peace, but it's all from God. We talked about it just a minute ago, and and that is what we see in day two. We're asking, okay, what does Scripture have to say about the strength of the Lord? And I love Mm -hmm. Isaiah 40. It makes me think of the book of Job, like the end of the book of Job, where God's asking all of these redundant questions, like, were you there when I did this? Um, Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Right, right, right. And so we see that in in Isaiah 40, these little things of like, who has measured the waters Mm -hmm. in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? He's just kind of going like, remember how big I Mm -hmm. am? And then Mm -hmm. even in verse 13, who has directed the spirit of the Lord or gave him counsel? Who did he consult? Who gave him understanding and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? It's these redundant questions that remind us, oh, we know that wisdom is from the Lord, but where did God get his wisdom? Mm. Oh. Oh, that's right. He He is is wisdom. wisdom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that to me, the thing that struck me in this Isaiah passage were the questions they're really pointed. Well, they're all kind of pointed yeah. questions, but like verse 18, with whom will you compare God? What likeness will you set up for comparison with him? An idol, something like that a smelter casts and a metal worker plates with gold and makes silver chains for. I mean, it makes me feel dumb real fast <laughs> when I read this and think of the things that I hold up yeah. in place of the Lord. And then, you know, verse 25, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Look up and see who created these. Mm-hmm. He brings out the stars by number and, and calls all of them by name because of his great power and strength. Not one of them is missing. And then it just, then we have that this beautiful, ver- beautiful passage that kind of um, you hear echo in Psalm 91 that he gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. And mm. uh, they will soar on wings like eagles, run and not become weary. Mm. But Heather, what do you think of that question? Like when we think of, okay, if you asked me the question, well, who is equal with God? I would know, I know the right answer. <laughs> but if you look at my life and you say, well, who do you, where do you get your strength? And where do you draw strength? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why aren't we consistent? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about That's the question. You, is it Paul who says, and when he had no one greater to swear by, he swears by himself. Right. So it's, it's uh, funny yeah. because mm-hmm. yeah, who is equal to God? And that's, that's what God keeps trying to explain to them. Right. And the old Testament is I am mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I am. I am. Um, mm-hmm. I've been here from the beginning and forever. I, something I really liked here is that it says he never becomes faint or weary. I've just Mm. underlined that. He never becomes faint or weary. And I think that that's important because especially in all the things that we see right now, I don't know. I think that it's easy to become tempted into thinking, I don't know if you guys resonate with this. Lately, I've been like, it's so big. Does my prayer matter? Like, really, Heather, does it? You're confronting this issue as one little person. Does your prayer matter? Well, it it is helpful for me to be reminded that he never becomes faint or weary and he is seated on the throne, Mm -hmm. right? He's not pacing. Mm -hmm. He is seated. And so just remembering, Mm -hmm. I think, upon whom all authority has been given. And so, yeah, we get to draw on that strength. Every time I pray, I pray to the God upon whom all authority has been given on both heaven and earth. That just saying okay. it out loud makes yes, me ma'am. feel yep. less faint. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, and so as we're looking at verse 10 in day Mm -hmm. two, and it says, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and his vast strength. And then we ask scripture what it has to say about Mm -hmm. his vast strength. And we get to read what we just read. I wrote in my margin, if we have to find strength in something, and we all do, find strength in the source of all strength. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we think we call God like the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And like I just also just wrote like he's the strength of strength. Like mm-hmm. he is the capital S like all like you said, he doesn't grow weary. Like mm-hmm. everything he does not. He's a well that doesn't run dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can draw on it. Hey, friends, taking a quick break from this conversation to tell you about one of our podcast sponsors, Haya. Now, if you're a parent, you probably already know this that I'm about to tell you, but typical children's vitamins are basically just candy in disguise. And honestly, not even in much of a disguise because our youngest, Toby, has literally referred to vitamins that I've given him in the past as candy. Can I have another piece of candy, please? That should have been my first clue. But typical children's vitamins are filled with two teaspoons of sugar, like five grams of sugar. Isn't that crazy? And they have unhealthy chemicals and other gummy junk that growing kids just shouldn't eat. And that is why Haya was created. Two dads who wanted something better for their kids. Haya is made with zero sugar, zero gummy junk, and it's designed for kids of all ages. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, all of the normal vitamins that you want your kids to have to support immunity, energy, brain function, all the things. It is non-GMO, it's vegan, it's dairy-free, it's allergy-free, it's all the things, you guys, and it's manufactured in the USA, and it's sent straight to your door. So the first month, it comes in this really cute, reusable glass bottle. Your kid can personalize it with stickers, and then after that, there's a no-plastic refill pouch that comes with fresh vitamins each month, which means it's not just good for your kids, it's good for the environment. Okay, here's the deal. We've worked out a special offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You can receive 50% off your first order, by going to Haya.com slash truth or entering the code truth at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash truth. And you can get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. The full discount will be applied at checkout. All right, back to the show. Yeah, it honestly, you know, we just recently went through the reading plan do not fear. Yeah. And in this pass- a passage from this day, we also read in, or a version of it in, um, in that reading plan where Joshua is being commissioned and sent forward. And we all know, you know, the verses are familiar mm-hmm. that, um, that, you know, the Lord will never leave you or abandon you. You know, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. It's the Lord who goes with you. And we, so we spent those, few weeks and do not fear saying like, you know, do not fear, not just do not fear because you can do it. It's not that it's, it's do not fear because here's who God is. And that's what I feel like about this reading day. Be strengthened in the Lord. It's like, be strong in God's strength. Yeah. Like this is, um, it's in the way that it's worded again, or Paul says, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go on to put the armor to put the armor on. Yeah. We don't uh, have add, to be the source of our own strength. Can I add to that too? Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about in Psalm where it says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord and how it's important to remember yeah. that sometimes nobody's like, there's going to be times that nobody's showing up, that nobody is going to give you the word that you needed, that nobody's going to give you the sermon at the right time, that it is going to have to be you saying, God, I'm choosing this and I'm going to strengthen myself and who I know you are and nobody else Mm. is coming, you know, that there's seasons of that Mm. in life and it doesn't mean anything's wrong. Yeah. Oh man, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So good. And this is not somehow all the strength is the Lord. And also our role in this is not passive, right? It, right. it is not at all passive, mm-hmm. and that's a mystery. You know, it's hard to articulate. It's hard There's to explain. There's the putting on and the taking that's and the right. claiming what is given to us. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that we pause in day three 
to consider verses 11 through 13, which we've already read, but it's, it's one of the largest sections that we'll kind of focus in on from this passage. But put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil, for our struggle is not against, and on the big list. Mm-hmm. Um, for this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've already talked about how the battle is not against other people, which is a word in itself, Mm -hmm. Heather, but it's against the evil one. Heather, you said you were excited that you saw Job um, in this reading day. Talk to us about why. I just think the story of Job is so important when we're understanding suffering, because that's a big question. Um, Right. Yeah, to just understand that righteous people suffer, and it doesn't mean that you're not righteous, right? Um, which I want to talk about righteousness later right. when we get to that. But um, I, something in Job yeah. that I think is important is how the story opens. There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. And then if you keep reading the only evidence that they give for Job's integrity, so we just say, Job was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. But then the only evidence that they give us of Job's righteousness or his integrity is that he interceded for his children. And I've always, I've always been so struck by that because when we think about what does it mean to be a a righteous Mm -hmm. person or to have a life of integrity. It means a life of intercession for the people around you because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But against spirits of evil. And so we have to, it just is a, it's a constant reminder to myself that when my prayers are too long about me and my own situation, I am no longer walking in the integrity, at least of Job. Mm-hmm. I need to be constantly reflecting on what's happening in the lives of the people around me and how am I interceding on their behalf. Oh, that's good, yeah. Heather. Yeah. yeah, That's a good challenge, honestly. I appreciate that. And we do see, I mean, we talk about spiritual warfare. Well, here's this like narrative oh. about spiritual warfare you, where God and Satan are talking about <laughs> humans. This story is so crazy, you know? It it's, really is. Yes. So first of all, the fact that Satan is roaming to and fro on the earth, (sighs) and then the Lord says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? No one on earth is like him, a man again of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. And look Mm -hmm. what the devil says. He answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? In other words, the the devil Mm -hmm. literally looks at the Lord and says, well, of course you're paying him off. You're paying him off. Hmm. Look at all the things that you do for him. Of course he's going. I guarantee you, if you strip away all the things that you've given him, he will curse you to your face. And what we see in the life of Job, the person of integrity is, though he slay me, if everything else is gone, yet shall I trust in him. The righteous will suffer. And may we always remember the story of Job, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. In him. Yeah. Job did not have First Peter to read. <laughs> right. Um, right. But it's first, we it's do. It's the first book of the Bible. And it's the first book written. First the Job. Pe- oh, Job. Yeah. Amanda's like, wait, wait first, I was Peter, like, first Peter. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, Job. no. I was, I was affirming yes. you. I was saying yeah. Job is the first book we have a, a record of, which I think yeah, is actually right. very fascinating. The very first thing we write down is the story of the righteous suffering. Yeah. It, it's... <laughs> But yes, and it's almost like I, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like what we know from our and what we know from our Bible timelines is that Job is a contemporary of Abraham. Like that they lived, that they were alive at the same time. It, I had Do you a, remember when we learned that? Oh, and our like heads a, actually exploded. I feel like I called seven people, <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Going back to First Peter, yeah, I think that this passage, what we see in Job, and then this passage in First Peter, I think is is so helpful in understanding this concept of putting on the mm. armor. So first Peter chapter five, starting in verse six, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion. He may have been thinking about mm. that. He may have been thinking about Job's story mm. when he wrote that looking for anyone he can devour, resist him 
firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Mm -hmm. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, (laughs) love Mm -hmm. that, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Job, to him be dominion forever. Amen. But this humble yourselves, like there is... The, this passage and this concept of the armor of God is so interesting because it's this juxtaposition of being strengthened and putting on armor and going to battle and, and having this confidence and faith in the Lord and strength and in the Lord's might. And it all comes from, at its foundation, a humility mm-hmm. in knowing that God is God mm-hmm. and in having full submission, trust, and obedience to him. Like this is it just a real it's a really interesting side by side to me. Yeah. Or tension. Yeah. That probably like this is what I tell my teenager. I mean, when he's just like, Mom, I'm not gonna do anything bad. Like I'm not I'm not looking for trouble right now. And I go, Yes. And the devil is prowling, like he is crouching, his desire is for you. And so it's not just like, well, I'm a good kid, like I'm not going to do anything bad. Yes. And like the schemes of the devil are not a joke. Yeah. And so it's more than just like this passive living of like, I'm a good kid. And like, no, you have to be on guard. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's not just for teenagers, to be clear. That's for Rachel, you know, be on guard. Yeah. And yep. then and then I love, you know, this the the title of this day is Stand in Spiritual Warfare, which is of course pulled from, you know, be prepared and take your stand. And then we get to actually read in in chapter 1 verse 20 where Job takes his stand, where he literally it says then Job stood up, tore his robe, shaved his head, he fell to the ground and worshiped, saying naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. It's that he took that stand, but not in his own strength, That's but right. in who God is. Well, he's doing battle. He's he doing fell battle to the ground and worshipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually reminds me too of uh, I think it's Daniel chapter nine where Daniel prays and it's delayed. And then the angel comes and he says, I Mm. came three weeks ago, but I was essentially in this battle with the prince of Persia. So it just reminds me of how you're just saying about your son. And there is this constant organized thing that I don't know that we fully understand. And I'm sure we'll be studying for a long time in heaven. Mm -hmm. But so much so that even the answers to our prayers can be delayed because of Mm -hmm. territories and stuff like that that we see in the book of Daniel. So, And we see again here with Job. Yeah, yeah. This You'll read um, in this day, everybody, a a small, short passage from 2 Corinthians, but this phrase, Paul saying, Paul, that's Paul today. What a guy. Um, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This, that every proud thing, it says every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, that it's demolished mm-hmm. through God and his strength. Okay, y'all, the belt of truth. We're going to put that on. Mm-hmm. That's what oh, we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. And it is, I love this. So there's really helpful. If you have your study book, you're going to see this. Um, but some of these we'll, we'll read to you guys if you do not have a study book. But there's a little kind of summary statement at the beginning of each day that I found really helpful. And this one for the Belt of Truth says that a Roman soldier, a Roman soldier's belt was used to support the sword and the breastplate, provided a place for the bronze plates to hang. The belt was always worn. Listen to this. The belt was always worn whether or not the other pieces of the armor were put on that day. Similar to how the belt was worn daily, believers are called to meditate on God's truth to be women in the word of God. It doesn't say this. To be women <laughs> in the word of God every day mm-hmm. to counter the enemy's deceit. I love that the belt of truth is like, listen, even if you're not like actively in war, this is a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. This is an everyday thing. And it's it's that Ephesians 6, the first, just the first half of 14, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist. Yeah. Mm. I think this part is super, super important. John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the 
truth yeah. and the life. Mm-hmm. And then another really important one, John 15, mm-hmm. 26, he's, Jesus tells them, when the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth, right? So the belt yeah. mm-hmm. that we always must have first is the Holy Spirit, which fits with so many different yeah things, uh, story of the 10 virgins, all these things that Jesus is going to talk about in scripture, we cannot be Christians without the Holy Spirit, period. It is the Mm -hmm. first thing Mm -hmm. that needs to be, and without Jesus Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the Mm -hmm. life. It is the very first Mm -hmm. thing that we must put on. And I think it's important too, to talk Mm -hmm. about that all of this is a daily thing. I love the metaphor, honestly, of like clothing or armor, Mm-hmm. This is a. This isn't something that you just leave there. This is something that daily you're going to have to go through, and that's why we have worship mm-hmm. every single day. That's why we surrender our hearts every single day before the Lord. It's 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 an ongoing process with God. A relationship with God is a journey. Yeah, and it's important. And we have Ephesians four in this day. Where it's so, this is interesting because it's earlier in the same letter, right? Mm-hmm. Where Paul is talking about how, you know, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. So he's listing these different um, roles in the body until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Mm-hmm. But this, this thought of not being tossed around by the waves of... Mm-hmm. Culture, society, the enemy's deceit. Like, you know, we also, we won't read it right now, but we're going to read some Genesis 3 in that day where we see the first lie. Yeah. You will not surely die. Yeah. Turning the page from this belt of truth to this breastplate or armor of righteousness on our chests. And it's not put on your own righteousness. It's like put on Christ's righteousness. And we are all, I mean, we are all, all recipients in Jesus to those who believe of that of that righteousness. Listen to Romans 3, you guys, starting in 22. The righteousness of God, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction, just like you listed. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace, Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, God presented him as the mercy seat by his blood through faith, so many through faiths, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him, Jesus, to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. Listen to this, y'all, that we'll read. And um, I, I mean, who doesn't love Messiah's Jubilee? Isaiah 61. Um, and there's so much of it. You're going to love, love, love reading you all. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself pass over a lot of it. Okay, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and wrapped me in a robe of righteousness. As a groom wears a turban, as a bride adorns herself with jewels, For as the earth produces its growth and as a garden enables what is sown to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. And then casually followed by 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Mm. And then 21, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become, become the righteousness of God. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to add here that in Isaiah 61, that this is when Jesus speaks in the temple, when Jesus does his first temple sermon, this is what he quotes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's incredibly important. I, I, this is just me speaking I would say this is Christ's mission statement, and I believe that's why he speaks it in the temple. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. What does it look like when the spirit of the Lord is on you? It looks like bringing good news to the poor. 
It looks like healing mm-hmm. the brokenhearted and proclaiming liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners. This is, it, it all goes back to the same conversation, right? That this, the gospel is, is actions, right? It's not just this internal, it starts there, but also then there's this outflow that comes when we have the spirit of the Lord on us. Um, And I think that's important to Mm -hmm. remember again as Christians. And even further down, to comfort all who mourn, yes, to give a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, splendid clothes instead of despair, and they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. And so we're going to put on the armor of God. That's right. Amen. That's right. So that we are not tossed by the waves, y'all. We are going to be trees, righteous trees planted by the Lord for his glory. That's right. That's right. Heather Thompson Day, you're just... Ladies and gentlemen. We love you. I love you guys, too. Okay. Well, I know that we have very little time, but I just got to ask... Uh, because I love having you on and I love getting to ask our podcast guests if we've just spent an hour opening God's word and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth we found there. Heather, where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, truth that points you to God? Oh, man. Um, Definitely in the vulnerability of the students that I get to serve. I am constantly Mm. reminded that God is, I'm, I, I get to constantly see really good representation of God's work. And so it's when people get discouraged about the world, I just think we, we should look more closely at all. It's so easy to pay attention to like the 99 things that are wrong, but there's so many good people. Our, even on the podcast that you do for me on my podcast, when I just sit down and get to have a conversation with somebody, I'm always walking away like mm-hmm. God, is, God is on the throne. There's so much beauty and yeah, truth right. and grace happening, and we just need to pay it. We need to look in the right directions, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, thank you for that. And also, just like, thank you for being here. And I mean, I prayed before we hit record that we would learn live, mm-hmm. not just come having learned our things and now just talking about them. But thank you for teaching us too, Heather. Next week is week two of our two-week series. And week last, yeah. Uh, Yeah, of the armor of God. And so Kelly Needham is going to be joining us, and we're so excited to have her. But until next week, Heather, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bible.